chapter twenty seven of carpenter's geographical reader africa by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b the upper niger and jenna we are travelling this morning up the great river niger toward timbuktu the chief trading centre of the french soudan we left kano some weeks ago and made our way to sokoto werno and gondo smaller cities farther westward governed by fulahs having people not unlike the houses from there we came to the niger one of the chief rivers of the world and are now afloat upon it the niger is as long as the mississippi proper it is surpassed only by the congo and the nile among the rivers of africa and it has a basin almost one-third as large as the united states the river rises on the western side of the kong plateau not far from the sea and flows clear across the sudan in a northeasterly direction to the sahara it skirts the desert for some distance and then turns to the southeast and after a long winding course loses itself in the gulf of guinea in southern nigeria it has one great tributary the benwe the mother of waters which rises near lake chad and flowing through a region populated by millions empties into the niger several hundred miles from its mouth the niger like the nile has its times of high water and low water and it also carries quantities of fertilizing material during the floods the water spreads far out over the country and in those regions where it flows near the desert there are great areas of irrigated farms such as we saw in the valley of the nile the vegetation is similar we shall see mules donkeys and camels feeding in the fields and palm trees waving their long feathery branches over flat-roofed mud villages farther downstream where we now are much of the river is walled with forests we travel long distances without seeing anything but alligators upon the banks monkeys in the trees and now and then a black hippopotamus swimming with its pink nose just out of the water at one place we meet some english hunters who have killed a hippopotamus the great beast lies upon its side in the marshes on the banks of the river with a score of native boatmen standing about its mouth is wide open and we can see the great teeth which will be saved for ivory as we go onward the country grows more open we pass through plains upon which sheep goats and cattle are feeding the sheep have long hair instead of wool and the cattle have humps on their backs the flocks are watched by shepherds and we frequently see black-skinned natives on the bank the men are often armed and they brandish their weapons as we go by sometimes they are good-natured and beckon us to land there are women washing their clothes on the edges of the stream and little half-naked children playing on the shore now and then a ferry-boat goes from one bank to the other with a cargo of animals and people and we often pass other boats belonging to traders who are carrying their wares up or down stream parts of our way are through rapids where we have to be pulled or pushed with poles in other places the water is low and great beds of tall grasses impede navigation our journey is slow but every day brings new pictures and new things in nature and man we see strange tribes and strange animals now getting a shot at a monkey and now at one of the wonderful birds which inhabit the forests of africa there are kingfishers as blue as the sky black crows with white breasts great flocks of guinea fowls and pelicans 
which as our boat nears them rise in awkward flight from the river where they are fishing the trees are as wonderful as the birds there are some that yield gutta percha others palm nuts and palm oil and some from which come flour cheese and butter we have seen palm trees with a sap which turns into wine and have heard of trees which yield chocolate sugar and bread fruit but these trees seem stranger still the carita or butter tree has a bark and trunk similar to our chestnut tree and leaves somewhat like those of the pear tree it grows very large and has nuts so full of oil that when boiled in water the oil rises and can be skimmed off as it cools it hardens and is molded into blocks which look more like tallow than butter the natives use this butter in many parts of the sudan the oily nuts are each enclosed in a flesh which tastes much like a peach it is so sweet that the people make candy of it the nata or flower tree has large pods containing flour of a yellow color somewhat sweet to the taste and the cheese tree which the natives call the baga produces a fruit which tastes like cheese and a fiber nearly as fine as silk traveling on northward we reach the edge of the sahara and later stop at the port of timbuktu north of the niger about nine miles away there are camels and donkeys near the landing strange-looking men are loading and unloading goods packs are being taken from donkeys and camels and put into boats to be carried up and down stream and other boats are unloading their wares for the camels negroes are doing the work and long-gowned men are ordering them about there are turregs with veiled faces arabs in turbans and many other strange characters from the different parts of the sahara and the sudan we ride over the sands to timbuktu passing now and then the skeleton of a camel or horse which has fallen and died on the way the town looks quite imposing in the distance it grows less so as we approach it and when we pass through its half-ruined walls we find only a mass of rude one-story and two-story houses many of which are falling to pieces the doors of some of the buildings are gone the flat roofs have broken in and there are huts of mud and straw in the middle of town timbuktu was once one of the greatest cities of africa but it has declined and now contains only a few thousand people we shall find a more important place in jenna farther up the niger jenna and timbuktu might be called parts of the same business city although it takes several weeks to go by boat from one to the other many of the rich merchants who do business in timbuktu have their homes and business places in jenna but also keep warehouses and stores at timbuktu because of its situation on the edge of the sahara not far from the niger it is this situation that has made timbuktu an important place it is the end of five great caravan routes which cross the desert from morocco algeria and other places north of the sahara so that goods from all of these regions and from the oases are landed at timbuktu and thence taken on the niger to different parts of its mighty basin at the same time slaves gold dust ivory gums and the other products of the sudan are brought to timbuktu to be sent across the desert the town has also a connection through the niger and senegal rivers and the railroad with the port of st louis on the atlantic coast so that goods far and from the other continents are shipped out and in by that way in the past when almost the whole trade was by caravan timbuktu was far more important 
at about the time of the discovery of america it was the capital of the songjai empire which was so large that it is said it took travelers six months to cross it this empire lasted about one hundred years and was finally overthrown by the armies of morocco the songjai were a mixture of the white and black races and their descendants had black or brown faces and long kinky hair there are now many fulahs among them the people of timbuktu remind us of those we saw during our travels along the mediterranean there are moors in burnooses arabs in turbans and gowns tuaregs in veils dark-faced jews and negroes of every description there are women and girls with faces unveiled wearing long gowns which fall from their necks to their feet and children dress much like those we saw in the valley of the nile these people are mohammedans there are many sheiks and priests and we hear them call the hours of prayer from the mosques everyone is polite and we have little trouble in seeing what we want if we are polite in return we visit the warehouses packed full of dates salt blocks ivory tusks and bales of ostrich feathers there are also european goods of many kinds and especially cotton hardware and arms we watch the loading of the camels which are to start across the sahara many of them are only half loaded when they start out we ask why this is and are told that the rest of the burdens will be made up at the salt mines on the way on one of the caravan routes in the midst of the sahara there is a mine of rock salt which supplies many of the oases and a large part of the sudan the salt is dug out in great lumps and then trimmed into blocks about a yard long and a foot and a half wide in which shape it can be easily packed on the backs of the camels the salt is thus brought to timbuktu and is shipped from here to all parts of the niger basin we have seen it sold in the village markets where the blocks broken into pieces always command a good price we are more than two weeks going from timbuktu to jenna the river flows close to the desert most of the way and on both sides of it are irrigated farms jenna stands on an island surrounded by branches of the niger its people owning most of the lands for miles about it is better built than any other town we have seen since we left egypt its streets are wide and its houses are of brick of one and two stories and so plastered within and without that a house looks as though it were cut from one block of stone most of the buildings have flat roofs and some have clay pipes extending out over the street to carry off the water when it rains jenna is a busy city it has large mosques warehouses and stores there are crowds at the wharves loading and unloading boats and donkeys with packs on their backs go in long files through the streets there are many men carrying burdens and at certain times of the day the business sections are crowded we spend some hours in the market an open place in about the center of the town with shops on three sides of it and a mosque on the fourth here are hundreds of people buying and selling women and men sit on the ground with their wares spread about them money changers with piles of cowrie shells before them stand ready to exchange them for gold and silver here are two boys peddling sweetmeats and cakes and beyond them a butcher who stands in front of his shop with joints of meat hung from its roof and live sheep behind ready to be killed and cut up according to the demand into roasts and chops near the butcher shops are little ovens upon which one may roast his meat free of charge if he buys his wood from that fuel seller next door 
we spend some time in the cloth stores purchase some perfumery at one of the scent shops and stop a while to look at the barbers shaving the heads of their customers out in the street later on we go to the great mosque where the worshippers are praying and on the same day see a mohammedan school the children squat about their teacher out in the street and write sentences from the koran singing them again and again to commit them to memory these people are famous among the central africans for their learning they are also celebrated as traders and their boats loaded with goods carry much of the commerce of this part of the world from jenna we travel some distance farther up the niger by boat we then cross the country by caravan to the little railroad built by the french this takes us to caius on the senegal where we get steamers for the port of st louis on the atlantic ocean End of chapter 27